but when it comes up to the black community to be like who are you within your black identity but above that you know who are you in as an indigenous person that's living in a western society because we can i think that to try to pressure an agenda over the other is not the key either is to say okay this is our world we are mixed we are blended we 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 have that harmony and opposites how does it look like to live together and it's funny because when you start talking to indigenous elders they're like all we need you to remember as we are partying and transitioning to a new world is to focus on love you're listening to the sovereign society podcast I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to uplevel your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I'm beyond thrilled to be sharing with you this episode as we are kicking off the holiday season. In the States here, we have this really outdated, (laughs) in my opinion, this really outdated holiday called Thanksgiving, which to me has been really hard to honor Uh, because of what it means. It's about the genocide of the Native people. And as someone who is a sociologist and someone who understands the evolution of culture and society, it's just been really challenging for me since I was a little girl to celebrate this holiday that derives so much on killing the people that's that whose land this is. And I mean, growing up with tons of Native Americans living essentially on Native land in Palm Springs, it's always been something that I've questioned since I was a little girl. And since really embarking on my spiritual journey, it's been an opportunity for me to speak up on those who've been marginalized for far too long. And that's my whole intention here with the Sovereign Society podcast and to honor these traditions of the indigenous and to really pay reverence to those who've come before us. And this guest today is perfect to really have this conversation with as we embark on this Thanksgiving holiday season and going into Christmas and wrapping up 2019 and this decade going into 2020. And I have a dear sister here, Gladys Nyoth, and I met this woman at Burning Man in my camp back in 2016 and we instantly hit it off. Like she, (laughs) she anointed me with my burner name and my burner name is Cowgirl Slay. And she just, we just instantly, just so many laughs and just brought joy to each other's face. And this is someone in my life where I get to pick up right where I left off. And what I love about this woman is she's so talented and so beautiful 
people from the inside out. And she was raised in France and a lot of the Cameroonian industries, you know, and she's here as a chef and as an artist who's really dedicated her life to bridge the gap between the modern and ancient worlds. And she does this through art and research and community. And so for seven years, she's been really sharing the medicine of her ancestors and just cultural awareness with her nomadic restaurant Mumbo that's really created a really diverse, immersive experience that I'm like dying to try. And there are these dinners that showcase the hidden treasures of Africa. And so she's bringing in performing arts and culinary skills to really help educate those and to bring into the light her African heritage on the mainstream world. And she's been in Google and Tastemade and the African channel. And right now she's opening up this really dope experience called The Hut. And it's this indigenous incubator that's really here to blend her passions of the restaurant and TED talk like platform and conscious social club that's really here to help unify the Western and indigenous communities. So all in all, Gladys is someone who's part of the solution. And there's so many people in the spiritual community. And I've been witnessing this so much. And it really came through for me the other day when I was meditating, this idea of spiritual narcissism that's happening in the spiritual community of like, oh, I can't hang out with them because they're not spiritual enough or they're just stuck in a bubble. And again, living in Joshua Tree, I'm not in that bubble, like in a lot of overpopulated places like Los Angeles may have, but I'm seeing what's happening and we're here to interact with people who are not like us as well. We can't just be stuck in this bubble of what's comfortable, right? And so what I love that Gladys is doing, she's bringing in this incubator experience of the hut to really bring in and preserve the indigenous voices through medicine and technology and the future of the corporate world. And so she's going into communities and places that aren't in the spiritual community per se. And I just really respect that. And I just think this is the time where, you know, if we're going into a new decade, we have to connect with people who aren't like us. That is what the true ethos of being spiritual is. It's about connecting through compassion and to be able to have the space and the platform to, you know, understand the commonalities between us, even though we have different upbringings or different, we come from different races or genders or ethnicities or sexual orientation or religion, doesn't matter. This is, the truth is diversity is what makes this world so beautiful and vibrant. And we have a responsibility, especially if you call yourself a spiritual leader or a spiritual teacher, you have a responsibility to immerse yourself and to immerse the community and bring in this ethos of unity, true unity. This is the Christ consciousness energy is of unity. Like when I think about, when I think about, and I, cause the holidays are here too. I think a lot about Yeshua, Jesus, right. And how Jesus loved everyone, even the leper and thinking in the spiritual context of the spiritual communities, we have to start respecting and listening to the stories of those who aren't like us because 
this is how we began to really see that there isn't much difference between you and I. Pain is pain. We all have an opportunity to share our stories to help other people heal as we share our healing journey. And this is what I'm doing as I'm writing my book right now. This is what I do with the podcast. And so this podcast, we're really talking about you know, honoring the individual journey and how it really relates to the collective journey and the tradition from this old to the new paradigm. And, you know, how can we really start connecting and cultivating more connection if we really want to revolutionize the world in this upcoming decade with 2020 Crystal Vision? This is also a lot about chatting about the times of being a modern woman and embracing the evolution of the times and how we can really break bread and go back around the table to connect with people and to harmonize culture with sacred commerce and how we can really answer the call of, you know, revolutionizing the world through our art and through our medicine and This beautiful African tribal chef I have here, Gladys, is doing that and she's honoring tradition and she's bringing forth people of all walks of life to rewrite history and to pave a new path ahead. So make sure you tag her. Let us know you're listening. Tag her at Lady Nyoth, N-Y-O-T-H. Tag me at Sabrina Riccio and at Sovereign Society Podcast. We know that you're tuning in. And if you're listening on iTunes, remember on the 100th episode, the first episode of uh, the 2020 is going to be my 100th episode. I'm going to announce the winner of a free one-on-one call with me. And to get there, you have to take a screenshot and send it over to me. You can send it to me um, at hello at sabrinarichio.com with your name. And if you've already left, um, if you've already left a review on iTunes, still take a screenshot and send it over. But I'm really pumped for you to learn more about Gladys because this woman's so beautiful and I love her so much. And to be able to have her on this podcast means the world to me. So without further ado, get yourself ready because we're going to be going there with you. And this is about bringing the world back to basics. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to an exciting episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm so excited because I met this beautiful soul at Burning Man 2016 in my camp and we instantly hit it off. She actually was the one that anointed me with my burner name, Cowgirl Slay, and I just found her in the kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is my people. Like these this is this I understand. I my generation, I come from two generations of chefs on both sides of my family and the whole restaurant family immersive experience is the ethos of my existence. And so I really wanted to bring Gladys on because what she's doing is revolutionizing the world. And thank you. Yeah. And I, I just love her so much and thank you so much for taking the time to connect and that I get to see your face. It's been too long. (laughs) And that was been too long it's also familiar to to see i'm like ah you know at times you realize that when it comes down to true love time is just nah just illusion (laughs) you pick up where you left off right and for me i just feel like 
where you and I left off, you know, it's just, again, it's going back to the basics of what is and what is between you and I is natural. And I think both of us are here answering the call to shift the world. We're answering the call to like go back to basics. We're answering the call to awaken something generationally that we have the power to to do what our ancestors have been setting forth to do. We're answering the call and we're clearing out the generational traumas and saying it ends now and it ends with me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, it's, um, it's been such a beautiful journey to be a part of um, and also doing it in this country because, you know, I was born and raised in France. My family is from uh, Cameroon, from the Bassa tribe. And it's so interesting how one's own individual journey can actually mirror the collective journey of literally a whole nation. And it's interesting that as I, you know, like I, I, I came here like 18 years ago and I had this heaviness, even as a child, I, I came when I was 15, um, to feel this um, identity crisis um, as a woman, as, a, as, an, as an African, as an indigenous, and not knowing what it was. And, and seeing how at the beginning it felt like it was such an isolating um, experience. And um, as I kind of like allowed myself to just say, okay, I'm going to tap into the journey. I'm going to see what is the purpose of what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, and to eventually enter into the same alignment as to what America is going through as a nation is, is really, really interesting to be like, oh, okay. So all of this was written Okay, I'm, I'm starting to trust the power of uh, our ancestors in this universe itself. Yeah, and I mean, there's no accident why you came to America during this wild yeah. time, too. And I think the biggest thing that you love to remind people to as a dreamer is like so many people just think these dreamers are from Latin America. It's mm-hmm. so much of what, um, you know, has been kind of conditioned of mm-hmm. what it is, but there's actually a bigger unfoldment that's happening that's bringing the collective understanding of the melting pot that this country is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And to also see um, the evolution of immigration and what immigration looks like in in both extremes of, of the spectrum, uh, what it looks like when people are having their land taken away or when people try to get a, a better life and decide to, to see a country as their hope, you know, it's something that I feel is quite, quite interesting when people tend to um, isolate each other and say, you know, immigrants versus citizen and how people fail to realize that these immigrants actually um, see this country in such a beautiful lens, despite all the atrocities that, that happened in the history. And it's funny how sometimes I hear more uh, complaint from citizens than immigrants that still look at America as like the land of, of hope, the land of love, the, love the, the land of freedom. And I wish that, or I would like to invite people to understand that uh, people are not after uh, the country in a negative way. People are not there to want to destroy it. People look at it as the lighthouse of, of the world. And I think that once um, 
people ground themselves to listen to what is the narrative of the immigrant, we will realize that we want the same thing and that there's not as much hatred as people claim to 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 see and witness. Yeah, it's um it's definitely a storyline for the media which then mm -hmm. brainwashes the people who don't know how to think for themselves or do their own research or to really open up their hearts and to understand. And mm -hmm. I was raised by immigrants. My mom's first generation American. And so I never really saw myself as American in that sense. I mean, because I was raised by my grandparents who came, you know, through Ellis Island and from Italy and they had like $4 in their pocket and created their own businesses and all these things. And that's how I grew up on. And that's how a lot of people grew up was mm -hmm. through the truth of that. This land was built by, uh, on, it was the land of immigrants, you know, and I think mm -hmm. we've, we've lost. Yes. And we've um, lost that for a second. Yes, we definitely <laughs> um, has. And, and I, and I also know that, um, there's a, too many comparisons with, with people's journey. And I, I, I know that when it comes down to um, the whole concept of generational trauma and to feel othered and, and to also understand the difference in the experience of immigrating to America from Europe versus from Latin America or from Africa, what it looks like based on um, our respective stories. Because, you know, like when, even when it comes down to uh, this, I, I hear this argument saying, you know, my grandmother or my, my, my grandparents came the right way from Ireland or Italy and they, they pay their dues and, you know, like what can people from those other countries do the same? And it's like, um, I can speak, I cannot speak for the history of Europe, but when you think about all the corruptions that some other nations have gone through, um, it's actually hard to overcome this thing of like, okay, I'm here in this new land and what does it look like for me to immerse myself into, um, a new way of living or, uh, or traditions. Cause you know, some people are still suffering from things like colonialism or, um, just as a general, the, 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 the erasing of someone's identity. And by the time people, uh, decide to travel to another country for the sake of having a better life, they want to preserve the identity because it's still something that becomes, yeah, sacred. And it's a, it's a treasure that people are thinking, you know, like if I don't have that, I don't know who I am in this vast country. And I feel like people can all connect to that. But once we um, go back to the ego of like, this is my country. So my way, my rules, we tend to lose the, the humanness of, of, um, of our world. And it, it's something that sometimes frustrates me, but I, to even myself need to also learn how to be patient because it's been such a, a struggle, not tapping into my anger, uh, having, you know, sometimes some depression issues when I, I look around and I'm like, wow, like where are we living? You know, mm -hmm. it's a process. The way that I see it, it's like, this is part of the growing pains and, you know, so much of 2020 crystal vision coming up. And with that 2020 crystal vision, it's time for us to make amends and to find the solutions to the issues that have been at hand for generations and decades. And that's why 
I just feel like there's such this increased sensitivity right now because like we're like at the precipice of that massive shift and it's whether or not each of us on an individual level and on a collective level have the diligence to persevere (laughs) and to understand that it's all coming up to the surface right now to be healed and transmuted. And again, to find the solutions, to go back to understanding that these times, this Aquarian age that has shifted come 2012 is about collaboration and connection, but we're still in the infantry phases of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's still pieces and fragments of the old paradigm that are doing its best to come into the new ways of being that are being implemented, but love will always win. It, it, it will always, when in doubt, that's, that's the main focus for, for every single person. Like, um, cause I think that sometimes people think that it's just one particular community that can understand the process of transitioning to this new paradigm. Everybody gets it. I think everybody is feeling it, um, whether people have different interpretation of what it looks like to them. Everyone is feeling this collective rise of awakening of consciousness. I think that part of it is to also let go of the old patterns from the old paradigm. Like, you know, uh, one of the biggest thing is to, um, have uh, a process of denying what is, you know, I think that especially in a country like America, America has beautiful values and and noble, you know, um, uh, morals. uh, And yet when we see and look at how it serves its people, sometimes it doesn't really reflect what those values and beliefs are. And I think that it's really time for us to say, okay, we want a destination we want a result but we have to also step into the journey with full authenticity and uh, oftentimes what i i tend to witness is this urge to be united and urge to be one tribe and yet we fail to see the process into which we have to like abide by or not abide by but we have to surrender to um one of the biggest um thing that sometimes we fail to do is listening to each other uh I'm myself literally going through the process as, you know, I'm working around this indigenous incubator. You know, I even see the separation within that indigenous world where I thought, you know, with my love and and passion for for, uh, the indigenous communities that it will be easy for me to, you know, collect, you know, all the tribes together. And because there's so much pain and so much trauma, everybody's skeptical about each other. Yes. You know, for me, it's like when it's I enter. Into- How can you trust other people in other yeah. tribes if we can't even trust the people in our own tribe? Exactly. So it's a process where I'm like, wow, there's, there's a lot of wounds. And um, it's also, you know, important to constantly <clears throat> reassess our mission and our whys, because um, I think that sometimes when we go through the struggle of like wanting to listen and then we feel judged or we feel attacked, the ego comes in and all of a sudden it's easy for us to start um, giving up because, you know, we don't want to be seen as the bad guy or the the oppressor or the person who doesn't listen. And even that, you know, to be able to say, I am so committed to this mission of, of bringing this world to this oneness that I'm going to go through these phases where I may sound 
ugly or I may sound not so divine. I think that sometimes in the world of consciousness, we want the enlightenment so bad that we are sometimes running away from the mess and the chaos and the, I messed up. And if we can actually allow us to truly be human with all of the gooiness and the beauty and the not so beautiful thing, that's how we're going to expedite the process. But if we say, no, you know what? That's not me. That's not my fault. That's not my story. It just kind of slowed down the process. And um, it's, uh, it's not easy. But as I say, you know, like one of the biggest examples was me trying to uh, connect to indigenous communities. And when I introduced myself as an indigenous person, they were like, I'm sorry, where? Like, how are you indigenous? Now, whenever I would mention that I'm indigenous within my African ties, they understand the whole concept of what the motherland means to the world, but it's still a process to be like, I didn't even think about you as someone that could also be connected to my story. And it becomes a problem when people start comparing each other's pain and say, mine is better than yours, or mm-hmm. you don't understand where I'm coming from. It's like a hierarchy of, yeah. of pain, like mine's yeah. more painful than yours. Pain is pain. Pain is pain. And it's all relative. Uh, and yes, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny because as I'm talking to you and even seeing you, I realize how much we're connected and, and sometimes how much... I go through those isolated, those isolating season of like, you don't understand. You don't understand because you've never gone through this trauma. Like, uh, and, and it doesn't create anything but more pain and suffering. So, um, that's such a humbling process to go through that. Like I care so much about it that I'm literally every day looking at my own self in the mirror and say, dang, I am literally the representation of what I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The inner is creating the outer. Yep. And so as we continue to do our own process, and a lot of us have been feeling like, oh my God, I've been on this healing journey for so long and I'm ready for a fucking break, right? That's what mm-hmm. a lot of people are saying. But then there's also the people that have been spiritually bypassing that mm-hmm. distract themselves from what is what's coming up to the surface. Or again, like you said that, like we said, the hierarchy of, well, my pain's more painful than yours. It all affects us in a certain way. And until we allow ourselves to have containers where we can share each other's stories, where we can listen to one another, where we can go back to the humanness of embracing all facets of what make us human, (laughs) embracing the emotions, embracing the connection. We're just going to continue to be spiralizing in that loop until we really gather together and see the golden thread between all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And uh, I, f- I feel like it's also because some, you know, the people that feel fortunate to tap into um, a, a world where a lot of people are inclined to their spiritual uh, identity and, and their consciousness, you know, for, for these people, it's easy. But what happens when you go to society and you deal with everyday people and it's funny because it almost That's feels like sometimes, yeah, you know, <laughs> we live in our conscious bubble. Everybody gets each other. We know what clearing means or being hold, held accountable is. And then you go back and you talk to your mom on a regular basis and you're like, oh, 
that's not how <laughs> the rest of my family function or how society operates. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 um, it's, it's tough because you start also realizing that some people simply don't know how to do that. And that's, I think for me, how I started to realize that if we were to allow people to tap into uh, that, that kind of like groundedness and wholesomeness into activities that doesn't scream, you know, life coaching and extreme healing, um, slowly but surely they will start gaining the trust into opening themselves to being vulnerable. And I think that that's how I realized that breaking bread and gatherings is such an easy way to bring humanity together because everybody gets hungry. Everybody is craving for humanity. So when you start looking at the, the simple formulas of this humanity, like everybody wants love. Everybody wants to be fed. Everybody wants to go to an outing. I realized that there was something within um, my world that I could, that I could um, build into a incubator, bringing humanity together. And I think that's how slowly but surely the vision that I had as a kid became strongly connected to food and gatherings and, and my African culture that's all about hospitality and, and being in, in service for others. Yes, I definitely see that with my culture too. Yeah, being Italian. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, like yes, my I like I said, I grew up with restaurants my whole life. My dad and my mom have just celebrated twenty four years of their restaurant, which they started when they were thirty two. My dad's uh, my dad's uncle started a fine dining restaurant in Palm Springs in the seventies because he was Frank Sinatra's best friend and Frank wanted a place to hang out. So that was Riccio's and that was a fine dining restaurant. And then my mom's side, my grandfather immigrated here from Italy. He was a butcher and he, when he came here, he was asked to be chef Boyardee and he said, who would eat pasta out of a can? And so, well, <laughs> and so, so you know, the restaurant, I know for me, like being around like the, uh, like we burners call the default world, um, being around the default world and even living in Joshua Tree, I'm surrounded by people who are not in the consciousness bubble that's found in LA specifically, you know, talking about this situation and I'm having to really be tested. And I know that's been a huge part of my healing journey and my evolution is like, okay, if you're on this consciousness path, how can you choose to still listen to your brothers and sisters who are not on the consciousness path like you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, that's honestly some of the, um, aspect of, uh, of our conscious communities that I, that sometimes I have, um, so many struggles because I feel like we keep on feeding um, all this beautiful wisdom and knowledge to the people that have the biggest amount of leverage instead of the people that are, you know, buried into this illusion that they are less than or that they are oppressed or that they're going through discrimination because, you know, oftentimes they witness a, an institution that, that has taught the world that they are less. And what does it look like to step um, or to go above these, these false realities. And for some people it's, it's harder than others. You know, when somebody says, you know, all events are neutral and you look at what's going on in the news, as far as, you know, uh, the oppression 
based on race or, or, or gender or culture, you like, I understand, but I'm also living in a world where the angle that, that has been chosen is, is against me. And they're like, yeah, but that's just an angle. It's like, yeah, but you're not, you're not suffering from that. And so, um, I've, I've, I've pushed many times, uh, this initiative of having more, um, um, inclusion with diversity where people can feel like when it comes down to healing, when it comes down to spiritual empowerment, um, there are stories that the, the default world can connect to, you know, and, uh, it's it's happening because now you know you have uh, a lot of people that are realizing that we are not representing the world as it is within the, the conscious community and some people are like this is not right i can't just live my life and have and make us like six figures and create workshop in them when the mass what's going is on in your neighborhood like exactly. more beyond beyond just the conscious community you've created through instagram mm-hmm What's yeah, going so on with the people around you? How can you answer their, like, find, help find solutions for their issues? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes again, defeating. Mm-hmm. What you said with the authenticity, you know, you have to show up as you. And when we're authentic, there's nothing outside of us that can steer us because we are so confident in who we are. We're so empowered in who we are that we know that whatever situation we're coming into it's happening for us and not to us. And this is part of the solution as to how we can start to help the overall collective consciousness evolve. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that's when it goes back to understanding, I mean, reading your audience, you know, like, you know, I, I always uh, say, if you're going to call yourself a healer or a life coach or a business coach, like understand that it is also important to get out of your comfort zone and tap into um, environment that sometimes don't like, don't have the quote unquote luxury to even understand what it is to have a healer. Like when we think about healer, like a lot of people still think hospital. They have no idea that it's literally like all kinds of forms and individuals that, that create different ways of being healed. And, um, and that's the, it's just sad that, you know, when it comes down to certain people and their notion of what healing is and, and therapy, they just think that there is maybe like a handful of options when there is an infinite numbers of possibilities because everybody is different. You know, for some people, Western medicine is perfect. Some people is holistic. Some people and sometimes it, it, it the, the different aspect of our life actually um makes us realize that it's not always linear where it's like, Oh, you were exhausted. Therefore you, you, you fall into sickness. Sometimes it's like what happens when traumas have not been, um, you know, uh, explored and how it translates to depression or, or cancer. And you think like, Oh, it's just a labeled uh, thing called mental illness or, tissue growth and it's like it's actually deeper than that mm-hmm. and it's so funny that the people that suffered the most once upon a time understood that fully but because they went back to surviving and having to prove themselves instead of attracting themselves they completely lose the power within and that's mm-hmm. the biggest irony is that there's so much suffering based on something that was taken away from so many communities and they knew how to say, 
hmm, I'm about to enter clinical depression. This is what I have to do in connection to nature. Um, I have some digestion issues. I know exactly, according to my environment, what fruit, what plant to take. Now people just go to the doctor as if it's the only option. And I'm not saying that, you know, the Western uh, medicine is not a, 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 that doesn't have cures or, or options. I'm just saying that, I guess what I'm saying is, I just it want people to, to be allowed with yes, the times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And people need to know what's available to them. But until, you know, like we, we eradicate mental enslavement, a lot of people, you will tell them there is a way they won't even see it because they're just stuck into that never ending trauma. And that's especially because, you know, there's been um, such, you know, generations before and even decades before the terms of like therapy was so taboo. You know, and being able to talk through the things or the big boys don't cry complex or, you know, man up or good vibes only. And then you shame yourself for having these emotions. And if you're in that constant energetic trap of shaming, you're not going to be able to have the substance to do the work. And this is where the communities, this is where the gatherings, this is where just connecting to someone that isn't like you helps restore the faith in humanity. Exactly. Because as long as we feel like something is wrong with us, that's the narrative that we keep on implying in our lives. Like I, I know that even when it comes to like those uh, notion of like good vibes only, I just want to deal with just positivity. It's like if positivity cannot be connected to being authentic, (laughs) it goes back to spiritual bypassing Mm -hmm. and it creates this feel of like, well, if I don't feel good, therefore I'm not wholesome. If I, if I'm not positive, therefore I'm this like demon that cannot, you know, have great feelings. And it's like, when do we actually also beautify darkness as like, Hey, that's also part of the process in, mm-hmm. into which we can get to the light. We just say, Oh, darkness, bad light. Let's go focus. And it's like, well, without the darkness, you wouldn't, people wouldn't even be motivated to um, grow um, in at different levels. And, and I think it's that, an incubation in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what allows the alchemy to happen. I actually have it. It's like, it was my second tattoo. It's uh, never doubt in darkness, what God has shown in light. And we, we have to go through that dark night of the soul moments, those, and they call our generation, the dark night of the soul generation, because we are the ones that are breaking the ancestral karmas. We are the ones that are rewiring the generational traumas and the whole cultural issues that we've been experiencing. We are the ones, we're the bridges between the old and the new paradigm. (laughs) And that's why our generation has so much power is because we are literally the ones that set precedent for this millennia, for the next generation to come. Yes. And that's, that's what we need to be excited about. And, and that's also, that's also the reason why we need to also be nurturing to, to to each other and to ourselves like sometimes i i feel all this heaviness and i'm like wait 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 like instead of just wondering why it's like look what we are doing mm-hmm. like we actually modern day superheroes and um 
it's so important to reassess that. It's so important to realize what we are creating. Like this is the beginning of the end of something that um, needs to be dismantled. And that's so exciting. Like when I don't go into the dark and feel like the world is unfair, I'm not worthy. I'm like, wow, what an era to be alive. Mm -hmm. What a time, you know, whether it's the, the, the narrative of women, like, to be a woman right now oh my god someone told me something that was really powerful about some like what's so special about this era for women is that for the first time we're not just associated by a title where we like the daughter of or the mother of or the, the wife, wife of, of you yeah. know it's like now for the first time uh women are allowing themselves to have a chapter that's independent from any tie with somebody else and still uh, create those ties, like being a mother, but it's like, what does it look like to be a mother and still be my own person? And that's so beautiful to, to find out. Or when it comes up to the black community to be like, who are you within your black identity? But above that, you know, who are you in as an indigenous person that's living in a Western society? Cause we can, I think that to try to pressure an agenda over the other is not the key either. It's to say, okay, this is our world. We are mixed. We are blended. We, we, we have that harmony and opposites. How does it look like to live together? And it's funny because when you start talking to indigenous elders, they're like, all we need you to remember as we are partying and transitioning to a new world is to focus on love. I remember when I was doing some Navajo uh, fry bread with um, a bunch of elders around the time when there was this um, atrocities around the Dakota pipeline. And there was all these like younger, you know, activists around the elders and they're like, what should we do elders? Like tell us and we'll just go. And they just looked at us with so much peace and grace. And they just told us just focus on love at the end. All of that doesn't matter because it's it's the unfolding of our journey and when you start realizing that you start having more and more peace saying i will answer my purpose and my mission but i don't have to save the world because the world is going where it's supposed to go and i think that once we stop thinking that we have to save one community of over the others like that that whole savior complex we will realize that by surrendering to the flow of the universe, we can actually find more solution versus saying there's something wrong with this world. Yes, I understand where it's coming from because I cannot just close my eyes on injustices in the in in, in when it comes down to like criminal uh, um, criminal justice, justice reform. Yeah. Yep, like you cannot deny that. But I think that there's something that's coming up that's bigger than that. Like things are changing. Yeah, like like, watching the whole Rodney Reed, where he, like Sean King having over 3 million petitioners signed. Exactly. And the fact that this case was in the late 90s and it was an all white jury Mm -hmm. in Texas. (laughs) And to show that the evidence was apparent that this man is innocent, but because of that time, there was still this prejudice and racism which is still apparent in places, but there's healing happening and we have to honor that as well. Because in the 90s, I doubt there would have been 3 million people that would have signed a petition to let that man go. Yeah. And And so we have to also honor the, like the truth of like, 
evolution is happening and celebrated. Yes. I mean, you yes. look at the Congress, like that Congress, like <laughs> the people in Congress right now, the representation is so um, soothing. As far as, yes. It's like, we have indigenous women. We have, we have all kinds of, uh, and it's not just about just having quotas of like, we need to have this and that is, is, is literally within the stories that every single one of those people went through they are now starting to realize how much of, of that is becoming a blessing in disguise for so many of us, you know, like even when well, what I'm also to- seeing with that is what's happening is the actual representation of this country that was built on immigrants and built on people that aren't all white. <laughs> like there's actually representation that's being honored. And again, this is all a growing process. So we have to just continue to infuse love. And like you said, celebrate what's happening, celebrate the evolution, bring our energy more towards the celebratory, honoring that there are still pieces and fragments that need healing, but we have to also bring our energy that the solution is here. The solution is unfolding. And we have to just keep that momentum going by continuing to educate, by continuing to connect and having these pieces be part of our story as our generation. Exactly. I think bystanding is, is, is dying slowly, but surely, you know, even when I think about this moment in time right now, like we are about to go to the, you know, Thanksgiving celebration and how now in different States, you know, the, the month of November is dedicated for, you know, indigenous people and, and awareness around the culture. That's an evolution. For us to now, you know, celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day instead of Christopher Columbus, I can clearly recall being at school and, you know, celebrating, you know, Christopher Columbus like it was nothing. And that people were like, you know, done with it. And that's that's a process that sometimes people think like, nah, it's not going to happen. I think that honestly, the most important tool is to believe that it's doable. You know, like... Um, I just love that in this era right now, everything is possible, the good and the bad, but the fact that everything is now that the notion of that, that everything is possible is instilled in people's mind and, and soul and belief. That's interesting because now we realize that I'm capable of creating anything in this world versus thinking that, Oh, it's, it's outside of me. Like whatever I can do, whether it's good or bad, it has nothing to do with me to regain the authorship of our lives is something that I'm living for. And, and that's the reason why I I'm committed to serve humanity to remember, to remind them that this is what we can do. We can this literally is the path heal. of sovereignty. It is, it is boom. <laughs> Connecting back to that, to that notion. And it's exciting. And just because something is exciting doesn't mean that it's, it's not going to be, free of challenges and obstacles, you know, I have to remind myself that, and it's okay to also know that and allow ourselves to feel and sometimes allow sadness to take place or the, 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 the dark nights of the soul. I think that sometimes we are so scared to go back to the dark that we're like never again. It's like, it's, it's a life death life process. And, um, it's so important to know that. I think that people just think that there is an end to existence. Once we realize that it's a constant cycle of life and death and life and death, 
all of a sudden we're going to have less of an attachment to the ego and more of a connection to the journey and the evolution of that journey. In a Kundalini yoga, it's a mantra called Satanama, which means infinity, life, death, and rebirth. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are. Yes. And, and to implement that, regardless of where we're coming from, as far as our, our beliefs, culture, religion, it, it's a game changer. You know, even in relationships, you know, um, many times people just end a relationship because they think that it's the death of it and that's it. <laughs> but um, oftentimes it just means that it's going to resurrect into a, a new form. And what does that, does that look like? <coughs> I've been coughing all this up lately, like coming into this new decade, I've been coughing all of that out. Like it's, it's cause this is the time where we're stepping in and speaking our truth. Yes. Yes. I actually feel the same. Like, uh, I've been feeling, um, sick too. And it's kind of, it's not even like, sometimes I recognize the uneasiness of my body because I, overdo it and I'm exhausted but there is time when I'm going through um, a meditative trance or fasting spiritually my body starts going through the craziest exactly purging and I'm like what is that yeah my my client was like oh you're still going through ascension flu and I'm like uh yeah (laughs) because I'm ascending into 2020 crystal vision so I've been devoted to clearing out the shit that I am not bringing with me into this upcoming decade yes Yes. Yes. I'm definitely with you on that. I mean, it's yeah. going to be so amazing. Like, you know, we're in the last weeks of this decade. Like, can you imagine 10 years from now, like the amount of evolution and growth we've had mm-hmm. already. And so many of us that, you know, tune in here or have been on this journey, we're part of the first wave of that ascension. Mm-hmm. And so that's, again, if we are here to pave the path for the others, for the people in the default world that, you know, may not be part of this conscious community, we have to walk the talk in a way that goes back to what the spiritual path is all about. And that is connection, compassion, and love. And if you, if going to that space of like, well, you're not spiritual enough to hang out, like then you're part of the problem and not the solution. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of those people are going to have a really rude awakening coming into uh, 2020 crystal vision because they're, they're not, they're not actually on the ground. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunately also really self-serving. And it's the narcissism. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's almost like spiritual narcissism or conscious narcissism. And I talk about it at times with my community because I see it all the time. And it's funny, my, my truth in, in my, in my journeys, I've found out that whatever obviously triggers me something that I'll never want to experience, experience within myself. And I think that we have to remember that yes, Self-love is important. The I, the, 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 the financial freedom and, 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 and being able to quote unquote do you is important. But if at the end it's not serving the freedom of the whole collective, we're missing the memo. Like the equation is not complete. And so for me, it's like when I, you know, see those biggest accomplishments, like, yes, I'm making six figures. I'm creating this uh, retreat for $3,333. 
I love it. And I, and, and I actually acknowledge people that can make a living out of empowerment. But if we fail to remain humans for even the people that don't, like sometimes I'm like, you know what, if, if, if we are that powerful, I would love for people to start tapping into welcoming people like terrorists into the journey of healing because mm-hmm. those are the people that make the loudest statics in our world. You know, what will it, what it, what will it look like to say, wow, I've reached the kind of level of, of, of uh, healing empowerment that I can actually go there. And I'm not saying, okay, kill yourself and going to a conflicting area and save these people. I'm just saying that it's breaking just bread than our own individual call of saying, I, I made it great, yes. but how we still connected, like, especially when you go through those plant medicine ceremonies, like you are so reminded that at the end, it's about every single person. Mm-hmm. And yes, it looks like sometimes when you wake up, like feeling like, you know, I cannot save the world, but we're not asking to save the world. We're just saying like, let's keep on sharing our story so we can create more and more mirrors where people can feel like I'm connected, even if I'm not you. Uh, we are one, even if we're not the same, like mm-hmm. we're still one mm-hmm. to be able to celebrate the differences and honoring the common grounds is so important. I think there was this show on Viceland years ago that was like, it was called Breaking Bread and um, they would have like a dinner party essentially with two people from conflicting countries sitting at the table together eating over food. And I know that's a huge part of your passion. And they would be able to talk to each other about the issues that they're going. Food is such a medicine. It is. It's the ultimate medicine. Like we all, we all have that basic need of eating if we want to survive. And so I want you to talk about your vision on how you see food helping revolutionize communities and culture and the overall ethos that is the collective. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, the the vision that I have for food is kind of like the practical ways of, uh, of experiencing unconditional love. You know, it's kind of like when you break bread and you invite, like, or when I do it and I invite people to, to come and gather, there's no, uh, there's no criteria into which person gets to be able to eat in our table. You know, it's like, regardless to your social status, regardless to your, to your, your backgrounds, uh, as far as your races and your culture, everybody comes together and do something that is just basic. And I think that, um, what I love, I mean, I'm, it's not that I think what I, what I love about this is that there is no, um, forceful agenda. You know, it's not about uh, imposing my belief to uh, someone else and, and erase someone else's identity. It's just to say, let's do something that everybody can connect to, which is breaking bread and seeing what happens. And oftentimes what I ha- have seen happening is that people completely start removing themselves away from labels. You know, like I even see it from people's body language, like everybody has a a definition according to some someone's standard of like what what beauty is what what uh being a woman is and they come you know with their their attire and it can be authentic or not but something that becomes so beautiful is when you start seeing how 
all of a sudden because they went through a hand washing ritual or they started to eat with their hands or they cut um, a piece of food and, and gave it to someone else with their bare hand, all of a sudden they realize that we are literally one. And we start forgetting all the labels, you know, like um, from saying, hey, what do you do? Or where are you coming from? Like, oh, where's your accent from? The conversation becomes more and more organic. Like saying, like, they talk about the first time they fell in love or um, their spiritual belief or practices. And it's so beautiful to see that because oftentimes we tiptoe around each other according to these labels like i gotta be careful to talk to this person because she's a woman and i'm a man i gotta be careful how to interact with this person because he's a millionaire and i ain't shit but you can't see that when you break bread you just connect with 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 a human and when i saw that this platform can really create that where i saw people crying people getting into relationship people creating beautiful project from those dinners i was like let's keep on doing that and to also re remind people the culture around food and and what it looks like to um to eat with intention and mindful consumption you know I'm, i i never promote one particular um diet style over the other but i always you know remind people to to have intimacy and respect for the food that they eat you know um sometimes i do you know eat with or, or, or cook with meat but i always tell something about the farm and how the animal was treated and like give them um a, rem a reminder that this is not just something that was laid in front of them without having a life being taken away for their sake. And what it looks like to actually honor um, the circle of life, whether it's the plant, you know, like to remember how long it takes a plant to grow, like the intentions of a tree bearing fruit. And that's a long process. And all of a sudden we're just going to shove it in our mouth, like to be able to just be in connection to the process of growth, whether it's animals, food, human, and to say, here we are literally experiencing oneness by the way we break bread together. And to ground people like that, I have never seen anybody not understanding what that means to be connected in that level. And if I can do it one day at a time when people forget, um, about their obligation, their attachment, their commitment. And for once, they're just, just a soul having a human experience. That fills me up. I can That's do it. That's how we start to revolutionize the world. Yes. One day at a time. That's my thing. You know, some people, it's music. <laughs> me, it's like, listen, we're going to get this, that little fufu and that little okra stew and go back with our ancestors. And sometimes we have altars where before we, we, uh, we eat, we, we, we take a piece of the meal and give it to our ancestor to, to thank them. And the energy changes. And it's so funny because some people don't believe in that, but they're so curious and they, they feel this like, I don't know what it is, but I'll be damned to miss out. And by the time they're done, they're like, that was cool. And they might not bring it with them, but they're like, that, that was cool. Thank you. I definitely see that as definitely the evolution of the restaurant dining experience mm -hmm. yes and and also the way chefs and and the hospitality business is i think that there is two different movements that's that's happening where 
there are people that are all about like the the next title, like the Michelin star, the I'm the biggest chef ever. And I see it and it, <laughs> it I don't, I can't even judge because I get it because to become a chef, you know yourself, it is a process. It's like you, you have to go through so much. By the time you have that title, you're like, yes, you, you, you bet I'm, I'm, I'm that. But I think that is so important to also understand what we are doing, what we do. When I think about these, you know, like in the Italian culture and the cuisine, like some women can with their eyes closed, you know, smoke some, you know, cordon bleu graduated chef just because what they're cooking is. Well, is there's love. love. There's it's love. love. It's just mm-hmm. love. Like it's not what's your secret ingredient. They look at you like mm-hmm. love. And that's so beautiful to be brought back to that like we have to remember what hospitality is is to welcome people is to serve people and you can feel that in the food most definitely yeah and I feel like that was a feedback that I started to get from the first time that I started to expand the vision until really believing in it where people were like I don't know how to explain this girl but I feel I feel love more than anything and at first you're like okay great awesome that's that kumbaya like, way of talking <laughs> but then when more people tell you that and some people are not even spiritually inclined they're like I can feel your story I can feel one of the biggest story that marked me forever was one day I was I don't even know where I was but someone called me out of nowhere and he was um introducing himself he was like I was a guest out of um one of your um retreat that you cooked for 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 this this company and um i just remember this too that you were talking about and 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 you were saying how your grandma taught your 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 family about it and and he's and so i'm listening to him he's like i'm so sorry to tell you all about this but the reason why i'm asking and 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 talking to you about it is because i went through a major accident and i lost all my memory. And one of the things that I remember prior to this accident is that too. And I was just like, and he's like, I just want to remember my past and I would love for you to cook it whenever it's possible. But I, I just remembered that. And I remember the, the hands and the like, and I was just like, okay, we, we have something precious. Like for someone to go out of his, to even go out of his way to, to come to me and say that after going through such a traumatic event I was like we I have to keep on and yeah that's so sweet and 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 I had to say it in such a way where I I I had to also yeah it was so sweet and I have to commit myself to to remember that that it's not you know sometimes I feel like my ego and when I say my ego it's not necessarily being selfish but trauma messes with your ego at times and I have to remember that my purpose goes beyond the generational traumas that validates why I see the world that I see, but what happens when I go beyond that? And I'm so happy that people like you are growing into building this, this amazing empire. And even when, even the, the name of the podcast, I was like, wow, I even forgot who I was. I even forgot who I was. So um, yeah, such a beautiful confirmation to even talk and having this conversation with you. I feel healed and how powerful it is to build businesses, whether it's intellectual content or or something else, how powerful it is that our business becomes also an incubator for our own evolution. Like that's so powerful. 
when it becomes a mirror. Like we just talking and here I am like having goosebumps and looking at you glowing like nobody's business. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, ancestors. Yes, child. <laughs> I love you so much. I know it was like a non-negotiable to have me on on uh, have you on this podcast with me because I fell in love with you when I first met you. And I was like, oh my God, I need to have Gladys on and I need to have her now. And it just happens to be flowing as it should. I just remember how much we laughed and enjoyed ourselves. And like, it was my first burn. I was like... It was extreme in the best and the worst way, but every time yeah, because you came in like day three of it going, like it was already like flowing, and then here they come in a sprinter van, and I'm like, (laughs) oh, welcome to the shit show. And I'm just kidding. I was like, (laughs) and every time I'll see you, we'll just laugh and just like understood each other. And I'm like, how does that look like to have that in our life where it looks chaotic and you can recognize someone? You're like, I don't even know you that well, but we sisters, right? We Sisters? Yeah. Okay, we sisters. <laughs> I know that I ran right. into you and Josh retreat. I was like, oh my God. Reunited right. and it feels so good. It felt so good. I was like, why are you doing here? Oh, like, I love you. And then yeah. like, real fast, I just want you to also share about what you're doing with the hut. Yes. Because this is an incredible evolution as well. So the hut is literally... it. Uh, 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 an incubator for humanity. And so the way we want to harmonize all of our cultures is to have a platform where art, research, and community can harmonize ancient and modern cultures. So the way it, it will look like on the design incubator is that we will have a beautiful space that almost kind of looks like a retreat gateway, but there we will host, you know, monthly immersive dinners. We will also have a TED-like, TED Talk-like platform where we will have experts in the field of medicine, tech, um, science in general, t- tapping into what it looks like to bring ancient cultures and modern cultures together mm-hmm. to expand our horizon and understanding who we are and where we want to go. And then we'll also have a social club. We will also invite all the affluent people in the world to come into this space, kind of like a Soho house, but like if Soho house could, you know, select people according to their willingness to bring some game changing elements in the world, this is how it will look like. So it's kind of like Mm. a restaurant meet a TED talk, meets a Soho house in one space for the sake of harmonizing ancient and modern culture. So eclectic. I love that. It's really like... Yes. And, yes. To, and, to, and, and to bring integration to what it looks like to um, have these ancient cultures into today's society and, and bringing the tribes and having them being federally recognized more than ever. And uh, it's a process, but every day I know, and it's, it's a process because it's, it's, it's what sacred commerce is. It's, it's one of those um, venture where I can't succeed if I'm not 100% honest with myself and and where I'm going. So it's definitely the journey. <laughs> yes. And where can we find out more about that? Uh, we actually um, have a website that will be uh, launched, launch, launched, me and my accent, uh, by the end of this week. And it's going to be known as theancienthut.com as well as uh, my social media. Uh, you can look at the progress through uh, Lady Nayoth, L-A-D-Y, 
N-Y-O-T-H, but we also have a um, Instagram profile for The Ancient Hut, which is also The Ancient Hut. And all know. those links will be in the show notes on the, for this okay. episode. Yeah. So you can yeah. dive in more. But to wrap up, I want to ask a, a few lightning round questions. I can talk to you all day. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what does sovereignty mean to you? My true self independently from the stories that limited me is, is to be able to say who I am um, as a being and experiencing that with no limitation. To be saying like, okay, here is my world and this is, I am the author of this journey. Mm, I love that. What's well, been an animal totem that's been guiding you a lot lately? You know, it's so funny because I feel like when you, the more I, I get alive and the more I expect like majestic looking animals to appear and it's always the opposite and I love it. Um, the, like turtles have always followed me and it goes back to learning how to uh, go through the journey um, slow and steady. Mm -hmm. I, I've always burned, you know, just like the steps and every time I see a turtle, I'm like, oh, the power of slow motion, the power of slow living, the power of like taking it one step at a time and nurturing myself in the process. What would you say has been the biggest lesson you've learned from this decade that you choose to bring in with you into 2020 and beyond? I think one of the biggest one is uh, my emotions are not my reality. Mm. Um, sometimes, especially when I tap into my traumas, I swear by everything that there won't be any tomorrow. And I have to remember that I am more than my emotions. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. What would you say to younger Gladys? To not be afraid of the darkness and to not be afraid of, um, to be proud of my story. I love that. Yeah. So we heard all of where we can find you earlier, you shared. Mm -hmm. So what would be the last little nugget of wisdom you'd want to share to whoever's listening? I would like to tell whoever's listening that um, we are getting into such a beautiful place in our existence to, to not give up, to be able to see the progress that we have gone through as as, as, as one world um, and to also not underestimate how much of an impact we can all play in, in into that journey um, together. It's so important to realize that every single stories matter and to allow yourself to share that story. You never know how your story can change someone's life, including yourselves. Yes. That's why I'm writing my book right now. <laughs> oh, Gladys, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and authentically you and for answering the call and being part of the solution. It's women like you that are really here to revolutionize the world. And I'm so grateful and honored to have you on this journey with me and to be supporting you and to see you. And yeah, I just feel like the best is yet to come. And thank you so much. for. And I want to give you also an, an acknowledgement for you um, and what you're doing. You have no idea, especially when it comes down to people that sometimes feels like um, they're not being seen and heard by um, others. Mm 
I am so humbled by reminding myself that there are people like you that exist that create platforms for the what I call the slum dog of, of this of this world. Thank you for understanding um, my story and, and and hearing my journey. I really you have no idea how much it means to not just myself but other people that might feel like they cannot feel connected to others. You are such a perfect example of that possibility. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I love you. Thank you for that. I fully received that. This is how I choose to answer the call. And I know Gladys and I are both here to share with you who's listening. Answer the call. It's time. We're ready to see you. We're supporting you. We see you. (laughs) And just know that anything is possible when you allow yourself to stay true to yourself, your core values, and to remember that love is the answer. It is. And we have the power to revolutionize the culture, the community, the world as a whole, as long as you allow yourself to fully embrace who you are. And so again, thank you, Gladys. Thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll be seeing you all soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcast. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.